Thanks for listening to The Adam Carolla Show on Podcast One. Another day, another unknown. It could bring your biggest order yet or a new cyber threat. Whatever happens, Comcast Business will keep you ready with a network that can deliver gig speeds to the most businesses. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary. Hyundai, they questioned everything with their new Tucson, and uh, it's been completely reimagined, resulting in an SUV loaded with innovations inside and out. Learn more at Hyundai.com. All right, the first half of the show, Gina brings in the creepiest 70s, 30-second commercial ever made. We'll marvel at that. I got your phone calls as well. First, I'll tell you about GEICO. Do you own, do you rent your home? Will you do one or the other? And then there's your automotive policy, and that's where GEICO comes in because you can bundle. And it's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around the house. So go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see just how much you could be saving when you get your bundle working at GEICO. That is at Geico.com. Get your bundle at Geico.com. Social Gloves Pay-Per-View, June 12th, live from Hard Rock Stadium, Miami Gardens. Social Gloves presents Battle of the Platforms, streaming on Live by Live. Watch the Internet's biggest rivalry, YouTubers versus TikTokers. They square off in the ring. It's uh, the social media rivalry. We love to hate. Headlined by Austin McBroom, founder of the Ace Family, fighting against Teen Idol and TikTok star Bryce Hall. Plus, can't miss performances from today's top music artists. Saturday, June 12th, don't miss it on pay-per-view. Packages on sale now starting at $29.99. For a limited time, you can buy it at socialgloves.livexlive.com. Dot com. Get tickets May 29th before prices go up. TikTok versus YouTube. Which side are you on? From Corolla One Studios in Glendale, California, this is the Adam Corolla Show. Adam's guest today, YouTube star, rapper, and boxer, KSI. With Gina Grad on news and Bolt Bryan on sound effects, and now he finna turn up. Adam Carolla. Yeah, get it on. Got to get it on. No choice but to go on a mandate. You get it on. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for telling a friend. We love that about you, right, Gina Grad? That's right. And Bolt Bryan. We finna turn up. <laughs> so cool. All right, Gina's got a TV commercial. Oh, this one isn't even she's funny. Into. This is um, this is a tough watch. Mm. It's um, thank you. It's it's. I don't even know how. I mean, it's it's something that would probably get you imprisoned in actual prison. I couldn't stop singing the Lone Brow theme song <laughs> all night. Tonight's the night. Oh, we're friends. Make a cast for the beer you pour. You guys are genius. More somehow. Oh, and, we're ordering a large steak oh. and a beer. And did you see the uh, tweet we got that that's yeah. Chris Pine's dad? Yes. Oh, yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. The guy who stars in the commercial who also starred in uh, Chips mm-hmm. is Chris Pine's dad. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Um, do you guys want to just get this over with? Mm-hmm. Okay. Nice. Listener Alan sent this to me, and it makes me question his sanity but i'm glad he sent it there remember um there was a there was a a product called like baby soft 
There was like mm-hmm. skin so soft mm-hmm. and baby soft. Mm-hmm. Um, the you're just gonna have to listen to the commercial and imagine a full grown woman in like a child's nighty seductively oh. licking a lollipop while what th- this era. What era is this? This is what the seventies, eighties. By the way, there evidently when I was a kid, seventy five. There was a huge problem with kids getting shampoo in their eyes. Yes. No more tears. It was a a selling point of every third commercial. There was evidently, when I was growing up, all the kids were having their eyesight ruined by shampoo. (laughs) Yes. And every adult had dandruff. Yes. Those are the only two shampoo commercials (laughs) I would ever see. And uh, they both seemed to... They seem to have gotten them under control. Yeah, or I think we're okay now. But okay. this is, I mean, this is really grounds for some serious uh, investigation. Oh, I remember this one. Uh, hot chick, seductive, licking a lollipop? Yes, in like a little nightgown. A frilly a thousand nightgown. times. Okay, here we go. Yes. There's one person nobody can resist, and that's a baby. So love made baby soft. With the innocent scent of a cuddly, clean baby that grew up very sexy. What? What? Body lotion, body powder, and body mist. So innocent it may well be the sexiest fragrance around. Love's baby soft because innocence is sexier than you think. What? This is officially the creepiest commercial I've ever seen. (laughs) Wow. I mean, there's very little to say. It's so fucking terrifying. This chick. Did that air on TV? 1975. Wow. Because remember remember when Brooke Shields was little and the Levi's commercial was like, you're so pretty, Brooke. Or maybe it was, yeah, Calvin, Calvin Klein. Klein. But it was very like, but she was a kid like, Uh oh, you're so sexy. And that was the commercial. And she was doing all these weird poses with her, like, cooch and, up like, in the air and stuff. And, yeah. was thrown around a bit too much. When you're, because nothing's sexier than innocence and your Sexy. baby's so hot and, like, what? And she's, like, licking a lollipop. She's got a bunch of gloss on her lips and she's just nibbling away at this lollipop, oh. staring with a come hither. Yeah. yeah, it really was. She could have uh, just been yeah. hithered on, actually, <laughs> look. Hither on your face. In, in, like, yeah. in, like, literally a child's nightgown. I, I, listen, we always talk about the statutory rape songs, but all the 60s and early 70s songs are like, girl, you're going to be a woman now after you get in my van. That's right. You you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to pick you up and I'll make you into a woman. That's right. Lot of, lots of weird, creepy talk about a girl becoming a woman. Yeah. You'll be a woman soon. And it was just... Everything was like, oh, she's old enough now, or she knows, she yeah. knows. Grass on the field. Yeah, they had play ball. Yeah. You know, like it was a really weird, creepy, have sex with 15 year olds era. I, like you say about like, um, like a strung out, like a uh, drug addict, like if he robs you, you don't like it, but you get it. Mm-hmm. Those songs, I don't like them, but I get it. They're appealing to guys and whatever. Who is that commercial for? Because yeah. women buy skin so soft. If, if no, you buy is, your woman or baby soft, she will turn into a, a sexy baby. These are the remnants of the Mad Men years. You know what I mean? This was obviously a bunch of dudes around the, you yeah. know, the, the boardroom table going, hey, you know what I'm going to sell? Right. Yeah. Oh, this boy. is a bunch of dudes smoking, drinking highballs, Oof, coming uh, up with this. And probably some guy, McMahon and Tate, who wanted to bang the mom. <laughs> right. You oh, know what precisely. I mean? Yeah, yeah. You definitely audition 25 yeah. chicks and bang 14 and they, a half of them they licked a lot of lollipops Ooh, 
Wow. Yeah. That Thanks, was, Alan. <clears throat> that was good and creepy. Yeah. All right. Uh, I was uh, Max Pat. I was scrubbing through uh, some of the Burchams, and um, Burcham went from the phone to in studio <laughs> at a certain point. So Burcham. Back and forth from Plentywood every day. Yeah. He went from calling in to coming into the studio. Probably well, about the time I started getting paid to do it. Yeah, I remember Kevin Bean referencing you were ULU, but Bertram was LAUSD. So at some point you came from you. The, the character resided in LA, obviously. He worked at Louis Pasteur Middle School in Monrovia. Oh. <laughs> What's that name? Uh, Louis Pasteur came up with pasteurizing. Yeah, pasteurizing. Oh, really? Louis wow! Pasteur? Come on, Jim. Oh, yeah. Then uh, you got the germs out, you got the germs out of milk. <laughs> And there's no Louis Pasteur Middle School in Monrovia, and um, and he taught remedial wood. That's the whole thing. He <laughs> only taught wood advanced. to Dumbo. So, so you can advance to beginning. Yeah. Yes, and then at some point he started coming in. Remedial. And when he came, <laughs> you don't have the requisite skills to take intro to wood. <laughs> he taught remedial wood, and he uh, at some point he came in to the studios, and then we started doing Ask Mister Burcham, where mm-hmm. I would just sit there, and as I recall, the phone screener, maybe Matt Money Smith. The phone screener? That sounds about right. Yeah. He was the, he was the sports guy. I had guy. no idea. Oh, he was doing phones. Oh, my God. Matt Money. We all started Petros at the bottom. And money yeah. out here. I tell everyone, get in a radio, just show up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, you got to be good, but I always forget to talk about Matt Money Smith. I love to him. that. You really do. Gina and I both screened mm-hmm. calls in early in our radio mm-hmm. career. You learn a lot about the radio, like on-air business, screening calls, or what makes good content. Absolutely. You know, a, a, a good caller. You're the bouncer. Yeah. Yeah. So he, they would, they would uh, announce calls. Like, we'll take calls from mm-hmm. Mr. Burcham. Uh, then they would play, you know, some... I don't know, probably play a Bush song or something. Sure. And, yeah, right. And then uh, when we came back, it was time to do the calls. I would stand right where the phone screeners were, which is right right before the studio oh, yeah. door. And, you know, stuff would come in. The phone screeners didn't I, – I didn't want to take calls about, like, cleaning carpets and right. stuff. I was looking for, like, some Builder. woodworking stuff. So I would stand over there and try to – try help to them out. help them out a little bit but there wasn't enough time and then i'd just go in and they'd they'd punch it up uh, but this one also has the theme song written and performed by jimmy kimmel okay. and and yeah matt money smith we always forget we always talk about back in k-rock days you know there was a chris hardwick and there mm-hmm. was uh Carson Daly and of course Jimmy Kimmel and a bunch of guys, the Dr. Drews and all those people. But uh, Matt Money Smith gone on to have a great radio oh, yeah. career as well. Super nice guy, the best. Super nice uh, back then. Uh, got his nickname Money um, from Kevin and Bean, I, I do believe. We should talk to Matt um, Money Smith one of these yeah. days. He's he's really good. He and Him Petros and Petros are great. Literally the nicest people on the planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, always fun doing their show. And uh, he was, I think, screening calls back back wow. in the day. So uh, here is a uh, Mr. Burcham live in studio, probably eh, 95, probably the next year. I don't know if I phoned in. Maybe it was the end of 94. Mm-hmm. I think I phoned in for about three months, and then I thought I should come in. 
By the way, coming into studio, that was like, oh, now I'm here. That's Carson waving you over to the couch. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. And it was like, you know, after we were done, like, hey, let's go to breakfast. And I'm just going to hang out and schmooze as much as I could. Build me some CD racks. October, (laughs) uh, yeah, 94. All right. So I started in probably April or May of 94. Now I'm in studio. And yeah, now I'm getting 50 bucks a bit. So look out, world. Here we go. I like to think of this as a public service that we're providing. Am I right, Bean? Well, you're right that we like to think of it that way. In no way, shape, or form is it. <laughs> what are we doing? Well, we're doing Ask Mr. Burcham. Oh. Mr. Burcham is there. Say hi, Mr. B. Hi, Mr. B. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Lisa, Early for him, isn't it? Lisa, did the chicks uh, dig Mr. Burcham? They like a man with tools? He's tool. hot, hot, hot. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Tell the truth, baby. <laughs> I like your screwdriver, Mr. Burcham. <laughs> oh, baby, I got my Phillips head prime for you. <laughs> Shouldn't one of you be paying two ninety nine a minute for this? <laughs> well, listen, here's, here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to take your telephone call. Right now at 1-800-520-1067. As you hear, Mr. Burcham is here, primed, ready to go. What um, what kinds of calls are you looking for today, Mr. B? Uh, mostly busty, broad. No, no, no. <laughs> what? Car- carpentry, your specialty oh, yeah, still? yeah, Wood, wood, right. right. Wood. <laughs> this is Jimmy. In a way, wood is the same answer, though. so that I can Pull out your hammer and give it a whack. When you bend over, I can see your butt crack, Mr. Burcham. Hang my drywall. It's starting to grow on me. Not really. You're like a fungus. The king of wood, yes, you're the best. Mr. Burcham, build me a chest. Yeah, listen, I got to say, if I hear that song again, I'm, I'm going to have a Nam flashback. <laughs> <laughs> that bad, really? Yeah. Uh-huh. All right, King of Wood, let's go to the telephone calls and talk to some of our K-Rock listeners. What, uh, what is your name? Um, my name is Sehi. Sehi. Mm-hmm. All right, go ahead, Sehi. Ask Mr. Burcham. Okay. Um, you call me Birchie. Hi, Birchie. Hi. <laughs> okay. Well, yesterday morning, my garbage disposal broke mm-hmm. when I was dumping out my leftover spaghetti. Yeah, why don't so. you send it over my place? I would have ate it. Because <laughs> I don't know where you live. All right. Good answer. Anyways, and so there's all this, um, like, spaghetti and water. Yeah. Like, stuck in my sink. And so I just thought it was stuck, so I put all this, like, Drano in it. Yeah. Now it's, like, toxic and stuff. And yeah. And cat started eating it. So who just, who like, started big, eating it? My cat. Oh, Christ, you got problems. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're going to have that cat separator from you and take it in, give it away to another family that can care for it. That's well, okay. Uh, listen, what's wrong with your disposal? You I know, it could no be idea. a breaker button that you have on the bottom there. Excuse me? There's a button. There's a breaker button on the bottom of the disposal. Maybe that's tripped. Maybe if you just punch that up, it'll work. There's a button on there? On the bottom of the disposal. Like a reset button. Yeah, it's like a reset breaker button. Go underneath the sink. There should be a red button sticking out underneath the unit, and you just depress it. It should pop up, and it'll probably work for you. Oh, thank you, Bertie. Hey, the only thing, uh, other thing I'll remind you is if you're going to be putting your fingers in the garbage disposal, make sure it's turned on at the time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, the only way, that's the only way it can work. Quick safety tip. Uh, make sure and uh, don't put your dog into one of those tree mulching machines either, all right? <laughs> Late okay. safe. Oh, I'll keep that in mind. All right. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Sadie. Sadie. Uh, Phil, ask Mr. Burcham. Hey, Mr. Beecham, how you doing? Uh, Burcham to you, oh, Phil. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, listen, my hatchback won't stay up on my car. Uh-huh. What are you driving with the hatchback open for? <laughs> no, you know, if I want to put something like in my golf clubs in the back of the car, oh, I right, use right. the top of my head to hold it up. Right, right. And I'm sore. My top of my head's so sore. Well, what kind of car you got? It's a 
Ford Escort. Uh-huh. Trade it. Listen. <laughs> if you decide not to trade it, you can go into an auto parts store and get a replacement. Uh, it's a pneumatic plunger type thing. The thing that makes the noise when you lift the hatch up, uh-huh. you can replace those. Just go in there and find the right size and screw it right back in. It'll oh. work. So I don't have to pay my mechanic 100 bucks. No, you can do it yourself. There's directions and everything. I've done it a million times. It's, it's really embarrassing on dates, you know, when you can't get your hatch back to stay up. Oh, I've had that happen three times. Mostly when I'm too drunk, though, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, Mr. Bottom, thanks so much. Yeah, Phil uh, doing some yeah. comedy here. Yeah. <laughs> See you later, Phil. Yeah, I want to put a trace on that call, by the way. <laughs> Let me just say, if I was driving a Ford uh, Escort hatchback, I would not be calling a radio station. You wouldn't station be going to, on dates, either. It or no, you don't broadcast that kind of information. <laughs> no, that's something you hope she doesn't find out. You hope to take the bus on the first few <laughs> that's days. That's right. <laughs> Impress her with the bus. That's right. <laughs> Jim, hello. Ask Mr. Bertram. Hey, Mr. Bertram. How you doing? Hey, good. How you doing? Okay. I used uh, some fix-all to, to put up a couple holes in some drywall versus mm. spackle. Right. I wonder what, what, what uh, grit sandpaper you recommend. I used to get that stuff off. It looks like... Uh, it's, it's bulging, is it? Yeah. Yeah, you did a real bang-up job, didn't you, Jim? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, probably as you found out, fix-all doesn't sand very well, does it? No, that's what I'm... No, it dries hard as a rock. Yeah, why don't you try taking like a rasp? It's almost like a plane. It's called, there's something called a sure form. It looks like a plane, uh, but the bottom of it looks like a cheese grater. Okay. And you might be able to grate it down a little bit, get it beneath the uh, surface of the wall, and then do the rest with the spackle, because that you can sand. Okay. Or trade it. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. Or take the bus. one 800 520 We have time for a couple more calls if you have a question for Mr. Bertram. Is your name Sharon? Sharon. Sharon. Excuse yeah. me, Sharon. Ask Mr. Bertram. Hello? Hey. Um, yeah, I I have a hole in my wall. Yeah. And, uh, well, I don't know how to fix it. Well, uh, what kind of wall? Is it drywall? Yeah. And uh, how big's the hole? It's about 10 by 8. Ten foot by eight foot? That's, uh, yeah. that's not a hole. That's a window. <laughs> no, ten inches. Ten inches. Ten inches. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Ten inches. Know it well, fellas. <laughs> oh yeah. Steady, Mr. Bertram. On a bad day. Uh, listen. Uh, what you want to do is uh, is you got to cut back half onto the existing studs. Your studs are sixteen inches apart. Oh. All right. Okay. Find one. The other one will be 16 inches over. you got to cut half on that and then patch in a little piece of drywall and okay. nail it up and then tape it and mud it and sand it and paint it and then move. That, p- that place is too good for you now. <laughs> I am she sure needs she, to hire someone. <laughs> I'm sure she got all of that, Mr. Richard. Oh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Is there some guy named Schneider who lives in the building with a bad mustache who could happen by? <laughs> that's, our, uh, that's our suggestion. Thanks for the call. Okay, thank you. Thank right, you, Mr. Thank you, we appreciate Jeez. that. More satisfied customers, as always, no, Mr. Burchard. that's my motto. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, ask Mr. Burchard, are you going to stick around and, and do this again later on? Yeah, I'll be here putting up some uh, acoustic tile and uh, Frank's office. <laughs> hey, uh, Mr. Gage taking care of the class this morning at school? Yeah, he's covering for me, and he's really counting on that uh, singles trip, so I know. Uh, we don't, told don't you disappoint we, him. We told you we'd take care of him. All right. All right. He has a Hawaiian shirt, right? Oh, yeah, and underwear to match. Great. Perfect. Yeah, Mr. Gage, that was my metal shop teacher <laughs> at uh, Walter Reed. I the, guess I would hang out and do it the next one like two hours later. The best part about that, which obviously is the reason, I imagine is the reason why it was sustained, was because not only is it funny, you're giving actual advice. Like, yeah. actually good advice. I was uh, always trying to 
I always wanted people to know that I knew what I was doing right. because I thought the character wouldn't really have any legs right. if they didn't think I was that guy. Yeah. So that's what I. But like reminding people that there's a reset button on the garbage disposal. Good. Yeah. Well, you people should know that yeah. when, it gets, uh, when it gets stuck. Who's the uh, female voice? So that's before Lisa May. Didn't they call her Lisa? Or maybe that was. Well, I could be totally it, wrong. It, was it didn't the, sound like her to me. It was at the top. Well, everything sounds a little different so through true. the filter of, of, yeah. of this stuff. But I think at the top they Ooh. said – maybe they said Lisa. Well, Lisa maybe was there for a long time. Yeah. Maybe and I can't remember who was there before. I, I would – Bertram would always get the name wrong of Lisa. I think I would call her Tammy or something because maybe there was a Tammy Heidi. <laughs> well, Tammy Heidi. Who was, sure. I'm not sure if she was there or not. Anyway. We'll yeah. see if we can figure it out. Yeah, Lisa. Oh, that was wow. Lisa May. Yeah, she was, there, she was there from 1990. Shit. Damn, until what, like 2015? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. That was way off. She was there for 20 years? Oh. More. No, way more, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, more sorry. 25. 19, 25 years. 25 years. Jesus yeah. Christ. All right. Um, so I was uh, thinking about uh, Chandra Levy. <laughs> Do tell. <laughs> you cracked that case? <laughs> She was uh, the intern for Gary Condon, I think, mm-hmm. and uh, she found her body in the in the park, maybe near her house where she was jogging along the trail. And uh, then they thought the congressman did it. And they well, were had just, it done. There was maybe an affair yeah, yeah, happening. There or... was maybe an affair. And they were just kind of locked into that that theme. Um, the at some point, the prosecutor. The prosecutor came out. Her name is Amanda Hines, I think. Um, at some point, they had discovered that there was a guy in jail that was convicted of bonking a girl on over the head at the same park on the same trail oh, so. and dragging her into the woods and killing her. Um, so then everyone sort of said, well, maybe that guy did Chandra Levy right. since the M.O. seemed to be yeah. the same. Should be at least a person of interest. Chicks jogging with the headphones on and uh, he come out of the woods, bonk him on the head and kill him in the woods. Uh, scary peep. That's scary, dude. But he was in there for doing that. I don't know how long, how much earlier, maybe just a few weeks or a few months before the Chandra Levy thing. But um, then... The prosecutor, the DA, Amanda Hines, she just came out, had a press conference and said, don't even bother with that guy. Well, We're not looking at him. Why? I, that's, that's what I thought. Like, why Why not? And she just went, it's not him. Don't even talk about him. We're not, we're not going to focus on him. We're focused, I think, on Gary Condit. Was there some exculpatory evidence? DNA? Was he, they didn't have anything. Wow. Uh, I don't even know. If, yeah. And I don't know if you have more of that story, Chris, but I'll tell I, you. I'll tell you where I'm leading here. Yeah, go ahead. All right. Um, so uh, I hope everyone's sitting down. But it turned out to be the guy who was in what? prison who, who killed him. And uh, I always sort of thought about that. And so now there's all this, all these stories coming out that COVID may have escaped the lab in Wuhan. Mm-hmm. And I thought, yeah. There's a lab in Wuhan that works on these kinds right. of viruses, and everyone, when it first started, was like, it came from the wet market down the street, or mm-hmm. it came from the bat in the cave, or the pangolin, or something. And I was like, yeah, but they do have a virology 
lab that works yeah. on this right. kind of stuff. Why why is that off the table? Is well, what I is what I would say. Didn't the CDC not that long ago declare like this was from a wet market? Like the CDC wanted to go on record recently. Anybody who even floated the maybe it's from the lab was like pulled off, deplatformed right. and pulled off uh, their page and Facebook and Twitter. And there was all these articles and all the you know New York Times and L.A. Times and stuff like debunked lab theory. Crazy. You know, Tom Cotton's got a crazy theory. Right. It's been totally debunked. And I was like, perfect sense there's a lab that does these in wuhan why why is it here's what i'm saying why is it off the table Uh Uh, how how why is it removed from table and why is it dangerous to to put to posit it well trump said it was from the wuhan lab yeah well maybe you shouldn't have called it the kung flu and that was the that was the problem they were just going against whatever trump said so they've just like it's it's impossible it's fake news it never happened and now it's starting to kind of trickle out that maybe it did come from the place which kind of made the most sense sure. of where it where it came from well i literally just put in the search terms wuhan lab covid19 and the first thing that comes up is from forbes and it says former trump cdc director says he believes without evidence covid19 originated inside a lab in wuhan without evidence they're fighting it <laughs> su- well first it was just th- these people are quacks and they're talking about this is dangerous it's there's no truth mm-hmm. to it they're fighting it hard, but it's starting mm-hmm. to appear like maybe that was the origin. But as I was thinking about that, again, kind of seems like a no-brainer. I feel like it came up on this show before. Like this discussion has happened. I remember using the term Occam's razor. Like the most logical, right. the, the, the simplest explanation is yes, they make yeah. virus, they make weapon, you know, biological weapons in this area. Hence, wouldn't it make sense? And this might be a really dumb question. But what difference does it make? Like, why is it so dangerous to say one theory over the other? Well, what it is, I mean, it's a couple things. It was a, an election year. We're getting right into the thick heart of the race. Mm-hmm. And Trump said it came from the lab. So that was like, all right, forget that. I mean, right. that's how that's how we were working back then. So, but so so you're saying it's it's totally because of Trump, because I guess that would make sense. I can't figure out if they were just looking well, at them. One's yeah. a lab, one's a wet market. What do we care which one it originated from? Yeah, who well, cares? It's here. Right. I think there's two things. I think Trump said it. And so when Trump said something, everyone would just organize against it. You know, that's insane. Like, you know, hydroxychloroquine, dangerous. You know, like if he said something, they just went, most of the news just sort of went the other way. The other thing was, is I think we didn't want to judge the Chinese the you know made in a lab versus from a bat is a, there's a little more responsibility. Yes, that's there. funny though because I could definitely make an argument the other way around. Like yeah, I, it's I a little more way. racist to say it came from one of their wacky wet markets than like a scientist you know developing something. Well, I think there was a notion of blame. I think I think the made in the lab had more blame. More nefarious. To it. Yeah, yeah. So we're trying to kind of tamp that down but i think it was just trump derangement syndrome i think trump said it and everyone just went fuck that guy's lying we're going the other other direction and then they just went hard that direction but i kept saying if you if you 
how would it? How would you know it didn't come from the lab? You can't just say it sure. didn't come from the lab. You, you have to have a reason hands. why it didn't come from the lab. But mm. I was, I was just thinking about it, and I was thinking about Chandra Levy. Like, I was just like, how do you guys know mm-hmm. that the guy raped the chick on the trail uh, three Did weeks earlier thing, didn't yeah. do the yeah. same thing? They were like, we know and yeah. don't even bother. And I thought, yeah, got to be careful because the news does work that way. So... I, I just think it was like it was it was the same parallel in my mind. Was the guy still in prison? Yeah, the guy. The guy. The guy <laughs> well, Chris has probably the some bad. of the story. Yeah, so the guy was convicted. His name is Ingmar Guandik. Oh, and uh, so yeah, so he has been conf- convicted of local assaulting- boy. <laughs> he he was convicted Definitely of assaulting you. two other women at Rock Creek oh, Park. Oh, two where, other women. Yeah, where. Where what are uh, Chandra's bo- b- uh, remains were found, mm-hmm. and uh, so he was in jail, and there was an informant that said, "I got, I got a lead on who killed Levy." This <laughs> is Shawshank. And yeah. said, and the guy told uh, authorities that Condit paid uh, Guandic to kill Levy, and that's how he got uh, he got convicted. And um, that's yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, that that's the original case, and there's more that that happened a few years ago. But eventually, the guy uh, Guandic just got deported. Oh. To no, where? So I can go kill somewhere else. I can't figure out that name. Yeah. Ingmar Gwandik. Ingmar Gwandik. Yeah, he, he's the president. He, he was granted a new trial, and then eventually they're just like, we're not going to give you a new trial. Just get out of our country. Well, the reason why I ask is because, I mean, again, I've been watching a lot of SVU, but if this guy was out and about on the street, I know that, you know, obviously there are things they hide and hold back so as not to tip anybody off. But mm-hmm. if he's already in prison, what do you care? Yeah. I don't know. I, I just, I just, I have this weird thing where I try to connect thoughts or ideas mm-hmm. or something and um but you have to pay the price for the time you say something until the time they confirm it that you're just being an asshole yeah well that was that was the other thing the whole the whole wuhan lab theory just got turned into some sort of tinfoil hat mm-hmm. conspiracy theories or whatever uh it'll end up being from the lab i'm it makes perfect sense why wouldn't it be uh but you guys should all know that it was a year of you're insane if you think it's from the lab and it's all credible news outlets saying it was all debunked and all that so that's the time we're living in and people have floated it were deplatformed like they were taken off of facebook yeah that one i it's so that's where we're at people all right let's see i got some calls dawson were you uh, leaning into the mic or is that just you no, that's just me. Okay, just into the conversation. Um, we'll talk to Chris from uh, Hoboken in a minute. I have some uh, NBA playoff. I was I was watching all the playoff highlights on uh, SportsCenter last night, and it struck me I wasn't really paying attention to the scores. I was paying attention to the stands, mm-hmm. and I was watching. First, it's like. In Canada, I think the Canadians are playing the Nordiques or something in Canada. Not a human being in that arena. 100%. You're not allowed. You're not allowed in here. Then I was looking at like the Clippers and there's like some people. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you know, Florida or Texas or wherever. Those are those were all full, basically. Uh, Brooklyn and the Nets, I think, are at. Brooklyn and the Knicks. The Knicks, sorry. The, the, the Nets, Nets and the Knicks. Knicks. Yeah, they're at 10%. Mm-hmm. But I thought, why Why do we have to have this crazy range? Either we're, we got it or we don't got it. Or... Oh, you're for big government deciding for everybody? <laughs> yes. Uh, the, the, vac- the people, I would, I would argue that almost everyone who can afford a playoff ticket to a Nets game mm-hmm. 
or a uh, wait, what is it? The Nets, Knicks, Knicks, yeah. Nets. Sorry, Knicks or Nets. If you're there and you can get you can get courtside, mm-hmm. take, you've been vaccinated. You've been, yeah, yeah. I think I think everyone in that 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 pond has probably been vaccinated. No, I think you're right. They're at ten percent, and uh, New York just announced they're opening back. Yeah, up. they're going to near capacity now. So they were at 10%, yeah. and now they're going yeah, to the near... but now it's updated. Jump. Does Canada look at all of the United States as Florida, like we look at Florida? <laughs> I don't know. I've been telling you, Canada is like more California than California. Which is crazy, because when you think of Canada, if you're just making stereotypes, you think of like, you know, the this vast terrain and, you know, like hunting and... Yeah, when it was like... Uh, Captain Prescott of the Yukon and yeah. Mounties and yeah. stuff like that. And guys playing hockey and yeah. fighting and sw- drinking beer at 10 a.m. Yeah. Like that. They are fucking woke, man, <laughs> and shut the shit down. I mean, remember, we t- talked to uh, Russell Peters, who's, Not I think he mom. said his mom had COVID and was vaccinated and still had to quarantine mm-hmm. for two weeks. Mm-hmm. They are fucking oppressive over there and and the the way they designed the playoffs in the nhl too uh they're they're they won't see any canada versus u.s teams till like june oh sure yeah oh they did that because they don't want americans uh, coming yeah they yeah, don't want to they, the they don't want to mix yeah of uh yeah people crossing to their border the they border are seriously locked down over there in canada but uh it just kind of each each state has its own relationship mm-hmm. with covid and you can you can just tell by the capacity of the stadium. It's a pretty easy yardstick. Like you knew Florida would be full capacity and you knew Brooklyn would be 10%. Right. That's, that's, now my thing is at a certain point, especially after fucking Texas opened up three months ago and zero deaths now and nothing happened at a certain point, we've got to just fucking get over it here. All right, uh, let me see. Let me tell you about uh, Hyundai Tucson. Hyundai, Hyundai Tucson. They questioned everything to create the best new Tucson ever. Every inch of the new Tucson has been completely reimagined, resulting in an SUV loaded with innovation inside and out. From design to technology to safety, every aspect of the new Tucson has been improved and completely redesigned. Digital key allows you to use your phone as a spare key. That's a lifesaver. They got the uh, 10 and a quarter inch full touch infotainment screen as well. LED daytime running lights, stylishly hidden in the front grille. This is a serious SUV. The price point is amazing. I told you I spent a bunch of time in it, and I tried everything out on it, especially that touchscreen, and it is a lot of car for the money. So you can learn more at Hyundai.com. That is Hyundai.com. All right, take a quick break. Back with your calls right after this. Hey, Geico, do you own? Do you rent? Well, you do one or the other, right? You know, it's hard work out there, owning renting you want to save some money how about your bundle bundle your policies at geico geico makes it easy to bundle the homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy it's a good thing too because you got so much to do already go to geico.com get a quote see just how much you could save at geico that is geico.com today that's geico.com There have been some greats, Jay Leno, David Letterman, Jimmy Fallon, but they knew nothing of wine. Paul K. changes all that. Paul, 
Helmkarian. Yeah, that's perfect. I said it right. Yeah, all right. Prepare to laugh, cry, guffaw, and tisk. The, the direct-to-consumer wine business in America is a $3 billion business. $3 billion. $3 billion. Get ready to be entertained and whacked upside the head. What would your strength or your skill set have been before you entered into the wine business? You know, it's funny you answer the question because... I don't have any fear. Corolla Drinks presents Paul K. with Wine Talks. Wine Talks is available at all your podcast hangouts. Subscribe now. It's time to check Adam's voicemail. Adam, I love you to death, but when you're talking about the James Dean accident, you buried the lead, baby. The guy who ran into him his name was Donald Turnipseed. I know this because my dad uh, lives up in the area, and so I, I drive I drive through that route uh, a few times a year. But come on, like, get James Dean, like, one of the sexiest actors of all time, and then he gets killed by a guy named Donald Turnipseed. Get it on. You can leave us a message at 888-634-1744. James Dean's transaxles over 150K. Oof. On Bring a Trailer, by the way, with three days yeah. left in the auction. We need to re-examine what burying the lead means yeah. to people, because that's a fun factoid. I wouldn't call that the lead in where James Dean died. <laughs> that's the B-side of the Johnny Appleseed song. Yeah, I've seen that guy interviewed. He was driving like a big Buick, and the sun was like coming down, and he couldn't see James Dean. Um, all right, let's see. Let's talk to uh, Chris, 50, from Hoboken, New Jersey. What's going on? Hi, guy. Hi, guy. How are you? Um, you uh, you mentioned, yes, uh, in your last podcast, you mentioned the word scrounging. Mm-hmm. And that was um, a bit of a, 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 a I'm just going to use the word trigger, but in a good way. You reminded me of my childhood. I was a latchkey kid. Mm. And oftentimes when I was home doing all my chores, I'd have on old movies and whatnot or old TV shows. And... James Garner played the scrounger in The Great Escape. Really? And the reason why I mention it is because he was an idol of mine. He became a bit of a model of masculinity, of manhood for me as a young kid, being on my own virtually. He was. He doesn't doesn't get mentioned all the time, but he was a good-looking dude. And he was, he was a man. He was a man. He was like a big, you know, now they have the kind of, I don't know, Johnny Deppy kind right. of waif model-y kind of right. thing. He was a big, good-looking dude. Yep. And then, of course, he became Rockford, too. Rockford Files did his own stunts. Yeah. Yeah. And he was, a, he was, a, he was quite the car racer, too. Um, yeah. Had a narrated, you guys are too young to remember all those docs like they used to do all these docks. He he had a dock, a racing dock, Maxipata, and I didn't even recall the dock. It was it was called like Life is a Wheel or something, and it would always do that. It was like a hey, Hi, I'm Troy McClure kind, kind of, of thing. Strip kind of thing. They would walk out and they'd go, uh, you know, I'm James Garner. 
We're going to talk about the kind of cat takes life by the lapels and shakes it senselessly. These racers out here, these guys are the kind of guys, that, you know, they do this weird, macho y kind of stylized. If you find the trailer to that, you'll, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Are you thinking of the racing scene? The racing scene. And they'd have like some groovy music playing behind it, like a bongo. Was and it like stuff. an industrial or something? No, these were, they did a lot of these. I didn't even know stylized full length docs about racing or like on any Sunday mm. was 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 like that the the doc mm-hmm. it, they, they just had these weird sixties seventies docs that a lot of a lot of celebs would be in it I don't even know how to describe it you they're very period correct um sorry what were you gonna say Chris. Oh, no, I was just going to ask you. He was a, a, a Hold on a second. What did you say, Max Banner? <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, it was the first uh, first movie to be directed by Andy Sidaris, who was a who, who was a big uh, TV director back then. Hmm. Do you have the trailer to it? <laughs> yeah, we're fine again. Yeah, I remember Andy Sidaris's TV credits. Yeah. Oh yeah, he did that episode of Hawaii Five O. <laughs> he was the Kubrick of, uh, of I remember that TV. dude. <laughs> yeah. His kids don't know any of the shit he directed, Max Powder. Come okay, on. Okay, sorry. It's All right. Sports broadcast. All right. But, um, yeah, find that trailer. TV uh, director. Chris. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That's all right. Role model was uh, James Garner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a, a, a model of manhood growing mm-hmm. up. Someone who I aspired to be. And I was curious who, who yours might have been. Well, obviously, there's my dad. Right. Hell yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he loved uh, he loved to watch me play football. That was pop water. Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, back <laughs> back in the day, Dad. Yeah, he was uh, he's a good man. Oh wait, do oh, we have great. something, Max? <laughs> There's no trailer. They just have like like you can either we can either watch the full thing or if they're so they're kind 90... of four parts. We're trying to just find a clip that we can. Something's, something's bleeding through. Yeah, we're here. Yeah, that. something's something's bleeding through us. Oh, oh, we'll pot that down. Um, trying to think. A prob- I wasn't into pro wrestling. Pro wrestling wasn't really a thing back then. Um, I want. I didn't have comic books or any of that, or even baseball. I like football players. Yeah, sure. I would superheroes su- of the day. <clears throat> yeah, I'll say uh, Lawrence McCutcheon. Lawrence McCutcheon <laughs> was Rams running sure. back back in the day. It's funny you mentioned. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned uh, professional wrestling because I grew up came of age in the you know, mid late eighties, early nineties. Everything was you know it was He Man. It was mm-hmm. professional. Professional wrestling was like you know televised nationally. Yeah, that was the mm-hmm. big time. Even for Glow. Jose Canseco was my. This, this is a model of a man. You know, yes. a, a giant steroid, yes. steroid pumped baseball player. Like that was my era of like masculinity. Yeah, yeah. Canseco is the manliest of all the men. It's funny because you know I've told you before that while everyone else was into like. Jonathan Taylor Thomas, my first celebrity crush was Dennis Miller as a small child. I think that that goes both ways because for women, even when I was really, really little, the the names that come to mind back in the day are like Kathy Ladman, Robin Mm -hmm. Quivers. Who's Kathy Ladman? Are you serious? The comic. Oh, oh back, I, do you remember Kathy Ladman? No. Oh, she's a great '80s comic, and uh, Susan Lucci. Late lady comic. Really? Yeah. These are like I was always I wasn't into kids stuff like sure. that. 
Um, we Fabulous have... Moolah. Yeah, oh, except her. <laughs> Show me uh, the poster for that or the something for that. Let me just make sure it's the same James Garner or whatever. It's <laughs> the only one he's ever did. Done. Yeah, this is like the big one. All right. Let me talk to uh, John, 39, oh. from Belgium. Oh. Oh, hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Hi, guy. Hi. I'm, I'm in Belgium just because my wife's from here, but I get to work remotely, so it's nice. But I am an American, and I work for an American company. Mm-hmm. And I wanted you guys to know what woke millennials are up to in the workplace right now at my company. What company? Um, I've, been there, uh, I've been there 12 years, and it's a big company with 5,000 employees. And we have a way you can send messages to other employees, and you can tag people and tag groups of people. And there's even a way you can do an all-hands message. This is a message that you may send that's going to go to all, all, he all said the employees. Much. The Belgian Wi-Fi. Said, I mean, maybe if the building's on fire. Mm-hmm. All right. So, I'm like, sorry. You could send a text that would go to all 5,000 employees. It's kind of employees. ridiculous to send it to 5,000 people. Yeah. But do you have examples now, of what they're saying? Yeah. Oh. Man, I don't think his company wants him talking about it. I was gonna say, mm-hmm. yeah, they triggered some yeah. uh, safe words. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah we can. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, I said there's a way we can you can send an all hands message that goes to five thousand employees at the same time. And I was saying, would you guys ever think to send a message to five thousand people unless maybe the building is on fire? Would you guys ever do that? If I accidentally did that, I would go into witness protection. I would be so yeah, my humiliated. Life, my over. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and I couldn't imagine saying anything other than I like cats and dogs mm, in mm-hmm, that, because mm-hmm. otherwise at least several hundred would oh, be yeah. outraged and feel like they were attacked or <laughs> well, something said anything else. And right? if you're a bitch, and my boss is such a bitch, and like, that's five, th- no, Brian, that's 5,000 people. Like, it's not even worth, I imagine it's Slack or one of those, um, one of those inner office things. Just stay off of it. Yes. Uh John? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I noticed a trend, though, of people using this all-hands message over the last two years. And I'll, I'll give you an example. Here, here's a guy. This guy has tagged our CEO. He's calling him out by name, and he's demanding that we all be given Juneteenth off as a paid company holiday instead of worthless garbage holidays like Columbus Day. And then here's another message. This guy's demanding a list of all of the upper-level management in the company and the political contributions that they made in the last year. Wow. And then he says that there, there better not be any Republicans anywhere on that list or else he's going to be very, very unhappy, is what he says. Unless, you work, the, to, unless you work yeah, for the DNC, this people. is outrageous. <laughs> yeah. Guys, I look these people up when they make messages like this. This guy that's making demands and threatening people, Adam, this guy is 30 years old. He has a low-level position, like, and, and we didn't even hire him. He's like a holdover from an acquisition from a smaller company. He, he, he's lucky to have a job, and he's here. He's threatening his boss's boss's boss publicly in front of 5,000 people. Yeah, well, there's there's something going on. I'm I'm telling you, it's the sort of lack of hierarchy anymore. We don't address that anymore. It started kind of early with just rich people were the problem, mm-hmm. and the boss is thus right. the rich guy the who's thus the problem. Right? You know. So there's that. Then there's a lot of sort of it's it, it's it's a kind of perfect storm. It's a it's a kind of 
rule of law mm-hmm. issue. I see people doing shit in front of cops now that you could only uh, dreamt of in your wildest dreams 20 years ago. Like cops are in the car and there's 25 people jumping on right. the hood at the same time. And like throwing that, buckets at them, throwing buckets of water at them and shit like that. Like it, so there's a breakdown of a just general rule of law. And then there's a sort of problem with the hierarchy. No more generals and right. privates and corporals. It's just kind of one big group. You know what I mean? And, yes, and also, you know, Rich Whitey, the tops, the problem. And then there's this sort of general, I need to be heard when you don't need to be heard. Maybe it's all the tweeting and all the Instagram right. and all these general, like, I, sure. need to, I need to push my opinions yes. out to everyone. And they're my opinions, so nobody could be, nobody could have a problem with that. And to the cherry on the Sunday is, if somebody did something like that, you, the first thing you think is, well, he's not going to have a job for long. They will never fire this guy because that is a lawsuit because of the subject matter he's uh, emailing everyone about. Right, right. Then there's a kind of a light, there's a kind of if anything has to do with race, you have to shut up and you have to listen to me. And if you say anything or you push back, then that makes you a racist. So it's this kind of perfect storm. It's bound to bound to go this way. But I don't think it helps the young, miserable people who send these uh, all-hands tweets out. I just, big picture. They seem miserable to me. And again, it's not going to help their career. Uh, thanks, John, from Belgium. Thanks. And what, what, does, what, what does the company do? What type of company is it? It's a tech company based out of California, but it, it's pretty big. I'm not going to say the name. All right. They, and- they just... Rhymes well, and also, there's another there's another thing going on, which is um, it's a workplace. Like, there's no reason to make decrees about po- political right. positions. And I think there's a story. Somebody, <laughs> there's like a CEO of, uh, a, it was like a, a smaller tech company. I think they were like a tech company. And it was about three weeks ago where he just went, Hey, no more political talk. Like, we're here to work. Mm-hmm. You're not here to share your agenda or to get other employees to see right. things your way, the 1619 project or whatever, both directions. Like, we're here to fucking work. Leave your fucking shit at home. And they all went after him and got rid right. of him. Right. Because he just said, fucking leave it alone. I have a sort of hypothetical for you because I remember when I worked at a big <sighs> fashion corporation in the. Eh, 20 years ago, there was a decree made in the office, and I would like to know your opinion because there's a catch. Mm-hmm. There, uh, there were many workers from other countries, and mm-hmm. they would speak their native language. Mm-hmm. And the CEO declared, no more speaking your native language in this office. When you're here, you speak English. Mm. And I can't imagine that flying today, and I think no. that would be a major problem. However, here's the catch. They were speaking German. They weren't speaking, you know, a developing. What they were? They were white kids speaking German. Do you think they would get in trouble or no today? Hmm. Interesting. I don't. Uh, I see that sometimes when you're getting some food somewhere and they're talking Spanish, speaking mm-hmm. Spanish, you know, behind the counter, and they always know they're talking about me. <laughs> Your stupid order. Even though I just walked up. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So the company you're thinking of is Basecamp. A base camp. And, uh, I don't even know what base camp does, but I just. Software company. 
Their software company. Um, but so yeah, so their CEO sent out a memo say, uh, saying that uh, all societal and political discussions uh, were a major distraction, and and he didn't want them anymore. And uh, and about a third of the staffers quit or they resigned. <laughs> you know, okay, self selecting. I got yeah. a little insight to that because mm. uh, you know I overhear Christy doing going over a lot of her company does um, surveys, right? They study the industry, they study multiple industries, and how uh, workers feel about. I told you about returning to work, right? You know, mm-hmm. like going right. back to, physically, physically going back to oh, the I office. Oh, I had a story about that. Yeah. Um, w- one of the really interesting findings in one of their surveys I overheard was. So I think it's 44%, could be 40, could be 46. 44% is the number I remember of employees want their company slash CEO to take a political stance on issues. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whatever, whatever the issue is, George Floyd, whatever it is, <coughs> they want them to like basically take a stance. And of course, you know, they want them to take the right stance. That is a slippery stance. slope. It is, it is, but. Because, yeah, they're going to come out on a side that you do not agree with and everybody's going to know who you are. You're 100% for. right, but it's also. So reality on reality's terms. Right. This is this is the world we're living in. This is this is your workforce. Yeah, I, w- I wish it was a stance. It would be the stance, sure, of course, and of course. then they would be pissed if anyone. Uh, it's such a it's a, it's a yeah it it doesn't lead anywhere mm. good. Yeah, it'd be nice if it if it led somewhere potentially that was good, but I don't think it does. Um, so a third of the people. 44. Oh, yeah, oh, sorry, sorry but that. a third of the employees at base, camp. at base camp quit when the guy just went, let's <laughs> knock off the political chatter and let's just focus on what we do here. Well, there's an element, too. I can I can tell you, like, I walked in today. <clears throat> there's an element when you're the boss. And when you walk in to the other shop and you go, like, where's Sean? It's like, he's taking a shit. <laughs> you always feel like I'm paying you to take a shit, you know? And then when I walked in Where today, do I sign? Um, when I walked in today, I just walked in into the middle of Ryan telling Stromer about uh, the kind of basketball he likes to watch. Mm. And I remember thinking to myself, I'm paying for that <laughs> conversation. So, I mean, it could have been, look, it could have been. Uh, Stop uh, masturbating. Uh, it could have been. Uh, I love uh, Cuomo or yeah. something, but it's still somebody yeah. talking about something that has nothing to do yeah. with what On we're supposed dime. to be doing here. So I, I get the overall experience. And we're used to that in radio. I mean, I've worked at stations where, you know, the morning shows or whatever, where they go, hey, we don't do political talk on this show. That's not what it's for. It's for, you know, uplifting lifestyle, blah, 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 blah. And we're like, oh, OK, fine. So we don't do that. It's like, is it is it that much to ask I, as I'm, an employer? I am the worst human being ever on this subject in general because my background is like when I was cutting uh, had a carborundum blade on a skill saw sure you did. seven and a quarter inch worm drive mm-hmm. high point you know and I was cutting stucco by my head and the scaffolding broke the makeshift scaffolding somebody made just broke and I fell out of the window and landed on the cement stairs in Silver Lake and busted myself up pretty badly. I limped into work the next day because I was scared I would get fired if I didn't show Mm -hmm. up. Also, I used to sit, as I told you guys, when I was doing repointing work, sitting on a sitting on a scaffolding next to another guy with the tuck trowel in the in the hawk 
and the um, Type S mortar and just packing it in between the bricks that of an old brick wall. Mm-hmm. Just just mm-hmm. Uh, picture a brick wall, right? With the and just picture you going through every single line and putting mortar back in between those. I'd and, rather not. And this guy. One of the rare white guys I work with was just sitting on the other end of the scaffold, and I was just sitting there with just our legs dangling down, and we're just talking about I don't know what, like there's no radio or anything. Oh, Mike Stramat walked by and went, no talking. Oh, my God. Are you inmates? We're just, we're literally sitting there holding a hawk, which is like a flat tray with a handle on the bottom filled with what would be the consistency of like toothpaste. And and this little skinny trowel just tucking into bricks endlessly. Just that's what you do for eight hours. You just sit there with your tuck trowels called repointing. And he's like, no talking. And he we'd be we'd be in a ditch together. Like I was digging a caisson with another guy. And we'd just be in this ditch together, just digging all day. And he'd come by like, no talking. That's some like that's some like uh, what's the word with the chain gang stuff. Oh, my God. He would come in. That's the sound of the men not talking (laughs) on the chain. That's seriously. He'd come in uh, Monday morning, and he'd get us all all together, like the laborers together, and he goes, when are you going to quit this week? I'm going to break one of you. You're not Navy SEALs. I'm going to hit you guys. I'm going to ride your asses so hard. I will be disappointed and look at it as not doing my job if one of you does not quit by the end of this week. And he just go walk out of the fucking room and we go back in He's the hole. He's a psychopath. Yeah. So that's kind of my baseline for work. And well- yeah, I know it's really it's it. I know Brian has cancer and he's been through a lot. Keep it, give it up. And uh, you know he's had medication with severe side effects and he's never missed a day of work. I've missed a lot of shows because of it. Well, you oh, you wait, no, you know you haven't, and that's show. adorable. And I'm you know we're moderately impressed. I'd like to remind everyone that one time I had laryngitis and still came in even though I couldn't talk. You are uh, a crackerjack. That's yeah. right. These are all praise. Um, we have uh, we have the. Ninety second clip from uh, the racing scene. Well, no, this, sorry. This. Oh, sorry. I thought you meant the exact the scene. Opening. No, this is from the opening of the, the yeah, racing yeah. scene. Yeah, yeah. All right, James Garner. Tell me if this doesn't feel sixties out. Oh, it's- I got up at four o'clock in the morning to do this. My buddy Scooter Patrick and I are. Going to race this Bronco about hey, 850 miles through hot, dry desert mountains, sand, and what have you. Dick all the way from face. Ensenada to La Paz in Baja, California. We'll be eating dust for about 24 hours and coughing it for about two weeks. If you asked me if I'm a little crazy for doing this, you'd probably get one of these. Uh, ask me if we think we can go down a road quicker than 300 other guys, well, I'd probably say, we're sure as hell going to find out. That's hot. (laughs) (laughs) The racing scene. Being no more modest than immodest, it's only fair to say that I'm out to win this off-road race to La Paz. We have a team of six cars like the one Scooter and I are driving, entered in a starting lineup of 244, all kinds, including motorcycles. All heading south where the pavement ends, just mixing it up, finding a groove. 
That scooter and me just trying to find where right. they go. The uh, oh, you know the one. You know, there's one Max Pad. There's one with Lloyd Bridges. Really, a racing doc with Lloyd Bridges that starts off with him on PCH. It's like a 1915. It's so yes. hard for me not to think of him as like Leslie Nielsen, just a total comedic actor. I think it's Lloyd Bridges. Uh, all right, let's talk to uh, Mike. Uh, well, let's see. Yeah, Mike, 43, in Nebraska. Mike. Hey, what's going on, guys? Got a flyer story? <laughs> yeah, um, it was uh, the show you guys recorded yesterday that I listened to this morning. You were talking about college flyers for, like, parties mm-hmm. and raves and stuff. And I remember uh, in in about 2001, when I was in the party house living with the guys at Iowa State in uh, Ames, Iowa, we had a what we call the wife beater party, oh. which is in July because it's so hot and we didn't have air conditioning. We told everybody, hey, wear a tank top. That's what the party's going to be. And if you don't have one, we'll give you one at the door. And uh, I did a flyer for it because I'm an artist. I drew it. And uh, we handed it out around to our friends and around campus. And it showed a guy with a mustache chasing his wife with a belt. And she looked terrified. And, of course, that's, you know, the theme The theme of the party is that it's not really. So at the bottom of it, I've. All right, bad connection, but yeah, that, put that with the Love's Baby Soft commercial. Let me just file give you a, it under. You couldn't do that now. Yeah, let me give you a couple alternatives to the phrase "wife beater" when we're talking about that kind of tank top. It's called an A tank or a European cut tank. You're talking just, about the wife beater now. Yeah, <laughs> just so you know, you have another choice. Mike and I are about the same age, and I remember my era of college. Like um, there were like pimp, pimps and hoes oh, parties. Sure. Oh yeah. I, I honestly, I think about this on a pretty much weekly basis. Like. Thank fucking Christ we weren't cool enough to have a pimps and hoes party because I don't want any pictures of me floating out there as a hoe. as a pimp or with a hoe. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. thank, I, I thank God on a weekly basis. I'm like, thank God there's well, no pictures out there. All the male, female themed parties, there's a couple you could choose that you'd be fine with old pictures of, mm-hmm. but many others d- did not fit that theme. You know what we did was pretty badass. We did a B-52 uh, Blitz. It was a World War II-themed party, mm. and we decked out our Easy. house in like Campbell. No, it's pretty sweet. <laughs> no, we were like all, you know, GIs on leave or whatever, so we all dressed up and, you know, with the Army surplus store, and it was, it was pretty cool. Stolen Valor. <laughs> is, uh, is KSI up yet? Not yet. Well, um, also, it should, be, it should be known that when we went to England, Doss and I went to a bar, and they said that they call Stella's wife beaters really because yeah. you get so wasted in ireland that's in cool. ireland they said yes uh Oddmere? that's a wife beater be love <laughs> is it uh Oddmere? yeah is this adam from oslo norway what's yeah, going on well i'm honored to speak to you sir i've been a fan for for many many years well thanks Oddmere. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm not listening to the show. I, I just saw your number on the Twitter, and I just spontaneously called, and I and your guy connected me. So can I, I ask, just wanted to say hello. Can I ask hello. a question? Yes. Um, yes, yeah, Gina. Hi. We're we're kind of toying around with honeymoon spots, and nothing is off the table. And Norway has come up recently, a, a part of the world I've never been to, never really thought much about, and now it sounds sort of magical. How would you rate? Norway or Oslo specifically or whatever as a as a vacation destination. Honeymoon spot. Oh, I just want to say that honeymoon spot's a good name for G's V. That's right. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Sorry, Admir. Go ahead. 
No, it's uh, Norway is beautiful. It's uh, like if you if you're like into nature and going for a walk, mm-hmm. it's amazing. Like skiing, mm. but Oslo is like a, a let's say like a big city. But compared to America, it's like a village. Like it's six hundred thousand people. And what do we eat there besides? I'm I'm guessing herring and able skivers. No, no, you eat everything you have in America. We okay. copy everything you guys do. Okay. We have uh, Fridays and everything wow. here. So, uh, <laughs> also, it's very evolved. Uh, no, I don't want American uh, food. American nice. food sucks. Yeah, Fridays is not what we're looking for. <laughs> but I, we are considering Norway, so I, I'm interested. <laughs> that's really nice. <laughs> yeah, that's specifically. We're going to visit every Fridays <laughs> in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I, we all know people that would do that. Yes, oh, of course. brother. It's a weird thing. Yeah, but, uh, I, I, you know, Adam, what's interesting, like, you guys are so not famous here. Like, Thank you. Like, Thank you. you, Howard Stern, I'm a huge fan of, like, talk uh, radio, like, Loveline. I listen to on YouTube, like, the older clips, like, you on the Howard Stern show. Like, you know, I from, can... how do you say it? Like way back, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, good. So, and like here, I could go to yeah. Oslo without being swarmed by fans, like I <laughs> exactly, am in every major exactly, American city in parts of Mexico. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks, Admir. Didn't you just go somewhere and go to a PF Chang's? Yeah. Instead of chasing the local <laughs> fare, <clears throat> you do. You think that about <clears throat> American restaurants, though? First off, PF Chang's is awesome. <laughs> number it one, it is awesome. But yeah. number two, <laughs> we had. 128 conversations about attempting to eat uh, Polish food oh, or German Wisconsin, food. This was in Appleton, Wisconsin. It even involved the sushi. Wow. Oh, oh no. stay away. From we, we had so many conversations about trying to find Polish food, and we I had multiple conversations with Matt. We had Mike on it. had Chris on it. Could not find a place that served lunch. Wow. We asked every Uber driver that we had there. <laughs> Wow. So eventually we went with P.F. Chang's. And uh, as I would mentioned on the podcast, which you guys didn't hear it because the Internet was down uh, in Wisconsin, they detune their P.F. Chang's. Oh, yeah. The, the spiciness. I've I eaten this. at many of these places and they tuned it down. And I was like, I was just eating it going, this isn't P.F. Chang's. Interesting. The way Not I know zesty, it. Yeah. And Chris and Mike were both like, yes, it has been yeah. detuned. Wow. All right, let me tell you about uh, X chair. I love my new X chair. We're uh, I have it in the back, and I sit on it uh, in the back. We're going to bring it in the studio when we get our new studio console done. And by the way, I had an X chair long before they gave me an X chair because I went and bought one like years ago because uh, they're just that good. The secret is not just the patented DVL dynamic variable lumbar support. It's their new X. HMT technology for heat and massage therapy while you're sitting. Oh, it is such a joy. Uh, now I look forward to spending hours sitting and enjoying my X chair. XHMT delivers heat massage technology right to your core. Helps with blood flow and muscle recovery and energy as well. They've got four different massage modes and uh, fast warming heat technology as well. And uh, you can check it out 
and trust me, there is a difference with the X chair, right, Dawson? X chair is on sale now for $100 off. Go to xchairadam.com now. That's the letter X, chair, A-D-A-M.com, or call 1-844-4X-CHAIR. X chair has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort, and you can finance your purchase with, the littlest, with as little as $30 a month. Go to xchairadam.com now and use code XWHEELS for free X-Wheel blade casters, xchairadam.com. Real quick, because you're talking about Polish food and all, all that good stuff. Guess what? Email alert I got just this second. Hmm. The new menu for Eden's Hungarian. Do you want to know what's on the See if you want any of these or no? Uh, off the air, because uh, KSI's waiting is calling oh, you're gonna from, love this. from England. So okay. a quick break. We'll be back with KSI right after this. Another day, another unknown. It could bring your biggest order yet or a new cyber threat. Whatever happens, Comcast Business will keep you ready with a network that can deliver gig speeds to the most businesses. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary.